The following podcast contains strong language, adult themes, including gambling and discussions around physical violence. Sounds great, doesn't it? But if you do think you are one of those people that may be offended by such things, discretion is advised. Or just, yeah, go and put Radio 4 back on. Welcome back. Don't worry. I know it's been a couple of weeks, but Octagon Odds has returned. I think it's episode eight, is it, Ross? Sounds about right, yeah. Something I mean, it's right. good that it's good that someone's keeping track of it. But yeah, we're back. And unfortunately, um, George Hardy missed weight in the run-up to, to this week's pod. <laughs> um, so he's not with us. So it's just the two of us. We're a duo tonight, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to UFC Vegas 44. And it's a big night for the, well, a big weekend for the Bantamweights because um, Bellator 272 main event. Um, Sergio Pettis is in action there um, against, I can never pronounce his name, um, but I'm going to butcher it, it's Kyoji Horiguchi. No, I nailed it, actually. I don't know why. Yeah, I doubt right yeah Sergio Pettis against Kyoji Horiguchi <laughs> uh, in nice the main man. event for the Bantamweight belt there. Um, obviously, Horiguchi had the belt, uh, had to vacate for an injury. I think even Pettis himself described it as babysitting the belt for Horiguchi. So that's a, an interesting take on it. So big week for the Bantamweight. Um, there's loads of good fights to sink our teeth into on that UFC card as well. Surprisingly deep um, for this card. And then, mate, we've got UFC 269 as well next week. So uh, looking up, the MMA is usually good around this time of year, isn't it? Definitely, mate. Yeah, we've, as you say, we've got some nice events coming up. Got some uh, some stacked cards lined up. Unfortunately, um, what is it? Two sixty nine. Unfortunately, um, Leon Edwards and Masvidal has been called off. That was, I, that was probably my favourite fight on the card, and that's saying yes. something because <laughs> because of that card. Um, but yeah, we still got Oliveira and Poirier for the belt. We've got Nunes defending once again. Jeff Neal, Ponzinibbio. Stat card still. Sean O'Malley's coming back. He's always fun to watch. But and the prelims, the prelims are stacked as well. We got um, Cruz is on the prelims against uh, is it Pedro Munoz. Pedro Munoz, yeah. He seems yeah. to always be on prelims nowadays. Like he's still still pretty renowned name, isn't he? Um, but he always seems Never, to be on the, yeah. on the prelims. It's always like a. For, uh, the prelims of a big card though Dana does like to kind of True, yeah. mix it up do you know what I mean like it is odd though you've got Sean O'Malley on the main card who's unranked yeah yeah I know what you mean um, Kai Carfran I guess he's fighting I guess Kai Carfran is fighting Garbrandt which is a big enough name to be on the main card but also on, on the on the prelims we've also got Danny Ege and Josh Emmett that, that would be very good very good um yeah, there has been there's been quite a lot of MMA news really in the last three weeks. The last uh, card we previewed was Holloway and Yair Rodriguez, and we'll talk about how that went after because it didn't necessarily go great for the Octagon Arts lads, but it was a good card um, nonetheless and a very good main event, wasn't it? Well, yeah, as you say, we've we've had better um, results, haven't we? But yeah, as far as far as fighting goes, that was. That was some of the best fighting you'll ever witness. Like, what a, what a, just a great fight, really. Five rounds of an absolute war. Yaya did a lot better than a lot of people thought, I think. I mean, we, we gave him a lot of credit. We yeah. knew that he was going to do well, but we did put Holloway to win in the fourth round, like, if not a bit earlier. And yeah, Yaya was an absolute monster. Um, every credit to the guy. 
and he's just earned even more respect from me and probably the whole MMA community. Yeah, it ebbed and flowed that fight really, didn't it? Because I think after two rounds, I was it was I, it was definitely one on one cards after two, but I was a bit worried about um, the leg kicks. Like Yair was chopping Max with those inside leg kicks, wasn't he? And it was looking yeah. like Max was taking, and he didn't. Max didn't really have an answer to it, but I guess yeah, it's over the course of the rounds, Max's pressure began to pay in it, and it went his way. And then obviously Yair came out in round five, didn't he? Probably won round five potentially. Um, came out hard, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, it looks like um, that might be the way to beat people like Holloway. And Yaya has obviously learned that from watching the Volkanovski fights because he's got some of the best leg kicks going, in my opinion, Volkanovski. And he, he absolutely tortured Max with him. And that is one of the main reasons why he did so well in that first fight and the second fight, but especially the first fight, he completely shut him down with them leg kicks. Yaya is obviously trying to take a lead from Volkanovski's book. And it's, it's safe to assume that we're going to see that in the future as well against Max's opponents? Well, I suspect that Max's opponent is going to be Volkanovski once again. It doesn't really seem like there's another fight to make for Volk at this point. Or Max. Like, is, there, is there another yeah. fight that makes sense for Max? Um, well, there's one that I really like, um, but it depends on what happens next week. If Charles Oliveira beats Dustin Poirier next week... Max Holloway has a dub over Charles Oliveira at featherweight. So you could quite reasonably put in an argument that you could put Max, and Dana would happily make that argument, by the way, that you could put <laughs> him straight. Yeah, he definitely would. Um, because it's money, Max is money. He's one of the most popular fighters in the UFC. Yeah, Every time he yeah. steps in the octagon, you know that you're going to get an enjoyable fight. You're going to see someone who's amongst the elite and you're going to see someone who loves to fight and loves to put on a performance. So you could throw him in there with Charles and tell me that isn't a fight that you'd want to you'd want to watch on, on pay-per-view. Tell me. Yeah, of course, mate. <laughs> Any fight that has the name Max Holloway in it is a, an absolute must. But yeah, that it's a great matchup, and it, it'd be great to see what would happen, even if he lost, actually. like Because what do we do with Max at this point? Like, if he wins, if he beats Volk, then, then Volk's, Volk gets a rematch, surely. Sure. I mean, yeah, Holloway Volk four. He has to, and then yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. We can get, and then we can get five, and then that's it. That's got to be it. <laughs> so we're in agreement but, that we could that we could happily watch Max and Volkanovski fight just out their career, just against each other, because they're the best two in the division, aren't they? Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. I think un- underneath them two, there's so many top guys that are so close, like Ortega, Yair, Calvin Cater, are all on like such a similar level. And it sort of shows with how they performed against Max. Like, yeah. they all sort of did similar to each other. Do you know what I mean? So I think, like, them sort of fighters are on, like, a, they're on their own level, but then there's just Volkanovski and Max, which are just that much higher than them. Um, so, an interesting fight that's just been booked, obviously, in our interim um, is Calvin Cater and Giga Jakatsi. Wow, butchered that even worse than I thought I was going <laughs> to. Giga. If you asked me to just say it in a conversation, I'd be fine. But the second we press record, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, Giga, Chica- <laughs> yeah. Giga Chikatsi, yeah. Um, that's a good fight as well, like for both of them um, at this point in the career. Like, obviously, we haven't seen Calvin since the Max fight. So um, it's going to be good to see um, him back and kind of what he's tweaked in his game. Because obviously, when you get beaten like that, um, obviously, just kind of exposes your flaws and your weaknesses and obviously fighters go away and work on that so it'd be interesting to see how he looks because before the max fight i remember us having a conversation 
about Cater being one of the best boxers in the UFC. Yeah, so do I. I was about to bring that up, mate. And I like it, even still, like his boxing is so, so nice. But now it's now that we've seen him against the best of the best. Uh, but you can't really shit on him just for getting pounded like that against Max. Like, <laughs> everyone does, you know what I mean? Apart from, apart from Volk. <laughs> I think we saw the best Max Holloway of all the Max Holloways on that night as well. I think that's when we look back on Max Holloway's UFC career, like we'll always point back to that performance and be like, that's when he hit his peak. Like that was the best. Because I'm not sure he'd ever be able to replicate a performance like that. No, I think Ortega fight was pretty similar, really. Um, that I, like ever since that came, well, that was I've, but that was pre I, that was pre Calvin Cater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was, uh, after seeing that Cater fight, I just I've always always wanted to see Ortega and Cater. I think that would be an absolute yeah. banger. Like I feel like very evenly matched. Obviously on the ground in the grappling, Ortega is quite he's got quite an advantage. But on the feet, I think it'd be fucking sick fight on the feet. What other fights yeah. have been made while we've been away? Um, we were talking about earlier um, Islam Makachev and Benil Dariush. Um, I don't know if that is 100% yeah. confirmed at this point, but it's like heavily rumoured. Mm. We said that uh, that was one of our free ones for Dana the other week. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of Dana as well, he's, um, him and his family have tested positive for COVID. So we know he listens to the that, show. Yeah. So get well, Sue, Dana. Yeah, get well, um, Dana. And if you need any help with the matchmaking <laughs> while, you, while you're off and recovering, let us know. More than happy to put in a couple of extra hours, aren't we? Well, well, just stay tuned, mate. And I'm sure you'll hear some gold. So it's all good, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Good matchup, Makachev, Dariush. How do you see it? it? Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's good. Um, I, I think Makachev's just going to do it again, though. Um, but Dariush, you know, he's he's got a very good ground game. Like he controlled Tony very well. Um, beat Tony on the ground quite um, quite convincingly. He, he's pretty strong, as you can see. Um, but yeah, Makachev, he's just on his own level, and he like expect you can't really grapple with him unless you unless you Charles Oliveira. That'd be interesting. I've always wanted to see like the top of the top jujitsu against top of the game wrestling. Back when Tony was in his prime, I always said Tony Khabib was the fight, but obviously not now. Isn't um, that so Oliver- ridiculous wrestling credentials though? Like, he's not like what his credentials are. I'm pretty sure he's got like ridiculous either ridiculous wrestling or ridiculous Muay Thai credentials. Let me let me look it up. I'm pretty sure he's like came second in the world championships or something. Like that. Did it? Uh, he's a world he's a world no gi bronze medalist. What a wrestler? Jiu Jitsu Brazilian Brazilian oh, Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, he came third in three times in various different gi and no gi world championships by the looks of it. Um, yeah, fair. Well, yeah, he's probably got the best chance out of anyone against Makachev at this point. Um, probably got the best skill set to deal with a wrestler of that caliber. But like, you need you need either jiu-jitsu or wrestling. Oh, he was also so he was a he was a no gi world champion at blue, purple, and brown belt. <laughs> Decent. Uh, so yeah, not bad credentials. Black belt jiu-jitsu. So yeah, obviously like... Even Five years for a black belt, belt as well. 
five years. Yeah. But yeah, I know I, I go on, on about Tony a lot and how, how he, he's like a shadow of his former self and that, but it, before Gaethje had his way with Tony, he was, to, I think he was one of the best. He was in the top top 15 pound for pound, Tony was. You can't doubt that, I don't think. Um, no, I don't think anyone does. Recent, when, re- yeah. Yeah. When he was at that in recent performances, just uh, I think Gaethje just like just sort of changed him, didn't he? After after you take that amount of punishment to the head, but before that, I've yeah, I always wanted to see Tony and Habib. Don't remember, um, don't forget the end of um, the end of that Gaethje fight wasn't just kind of any KO as well. Remember, um, Tony kind of like backed away and like you know, he put his hands up and turned away and like ran towards the cage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, he was so damaged. Right? He, so yeah, so fight. yeah, he must have like this is Tony Ferguson was talking about. So it must have been pretty messed up at that point. So it, it the thing is, he he almost jumped back in too quickly, and then against someone like Oliveira, and then it got worse, um, and then Dariush. So it's just it's kind of yeah, he's been in there with dogs. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, he's put yeah. While we're talking about the lightweights as well. Um, Kevin Lee released from the UFC last night. I think he's only 29 years old as well, Kevin Lee. Um, Surprised me a little bit. The Motown phenom, free agent. Yeah, I wonder wonder where he's going to go because he's a a world-class talent, really. Like, yeah, he's lost lost a bunch of fights and that, but he's fighting... He's done a two-fight skid. Um, He's currently suspended um, for... a medical violation for some ADHD medication that he was taking. Um, so whether that and the two fat skid came into it, um, the UFC are also beefing with his management agency at the minute with the whole Engano thing, I believe. Um, so there's like some politics there, but yeah, at 29 years old, it was quite surprising that they would let him yeah, go because yeah. he can go and be a champion. Like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, as I said, he's just been fighting some like a bunch of dogs. Um, I'm just looking at his record here, and it's his recent. I thought he'd been doing a bit better than this. To be fair, so he's just lost to Daniel Rodriguez, lost to yeah. Oliveira prior to that, beat uh, Gregor Gillespie, lost to RDA, lost to Aya Quinta, beat Barboza, lost to Tony, and then before that, he had a bunch of wins. Um, but yeah, he's he's still a beast. Like he's got great wrestling, striking. But his striking has got better recently. To be fair, I remember against Gillespie that head kick. That was one of the yeah, best yeah. strikes you'll ever see. One of the best knockouts you will ever see. That and never would have expected that from Kevin Lee before that happened. Like striking like that, never. Maybe it's one of them. Like I say, he's only twenty nine. Maybe he goes to another organization, you know, a Bellator or a PFL or something like that, and yeah, becomes he's got champion. Yeah, he becomes the champion and then the UFC says at 32, 33, 34, whatever, kind of come back and be a top guy. You know, who knows what where we'll be at with the lightweight division in a few years' time. So maybe it's one of them. But yeah, it was just um, surprising to see Kevin Lee. Yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was. Uh, another one um, dropped out the rankings, George Hardy's favourite fighter, Jermaine Durandamy. She, she gone. Yeah. What dropped well, out of the rankings? She, uh, she hasn't fought for a while, because for inactivity, so she's been dropped out of the rankings. But I know Hardy will be gutted because yes, I know, enough, I guess, I know how highly he rates her. Considers her the goat, I think. And yeah, I'm pretty sure he recognizes a win against Jermaine Durandamy as yeah, basically <laughs> like a belt, like a title belt in itself. 
Did it. Um, what else is going on? Oh, Chimaev had that wrestling match against Hermanson. And, mate, Hermanson's yeah, grappling is no joke at all. And he just absolutely pulled his pants down, mate. Um, like, well and truly, just ragdolled him. No, I'm not, not, the full not, thing. not like, not ragdolled him. No, I just watched the highlights, but... Um, he did ragdoll him. completely ragdoll Yeah, like, he definitely won. Like, Hermanson had a few moments, but it just didn't look like he knew what he was doing against Chimaev. Um, so obviously it's only a wrestling match but it shows the level of Chimaev's wrestling because if you remember think back to uh, Vittori and Hermanson a lot of that was on the ground and it was pretty even Hermanson it was it was yeah, yeah. to and from both sides and if Chimaev's just flooring Hermanson that easily in a wrestling match like, that shows that he can do it against the top guys a top middleweight Hermanson yeah, top heavier than Usman and yeah, yeah, Usman, Colby, all lower, all all lighter than that. So watch out, Welters. And, well, and even Dana's come out and said, hasn't he, that everyone's turning it down. Like everyone's saying on Twitter that they want it. Everyone in that welterweight division, but everyone's turning it down. Um yeah, mate. the one that could accept it, speaking of welterweights, is someone who's fighting in our little app in our absence. Uh Sean Brady beat Michael Chiesa. Could we see Sean Brady and Hamzat Shemaev. Sean Brady, 15-0 now. Good win against Michael Chiesa, um, who's was highly ranked and highly rated. Like He's a top guy, Chiesa. Got good ground game. Yeah, definitely. And very good wrestling, Chiesa. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he's an interesting one, Sean Brady. He's sort of coming out. He's just, I think he's, let me check his rankings. Yeah, he's just been boosted up six, six places. Um, yeah, after beating Kiesa, so Kiesa was like was like four or five at the time. Um, well, yeah, so he's yeah he was six. Kiesa, he's gone down for three. Time. He's nine. Gone down three. So yeah. yeah, Sean Brady, fair play to him, mate. Um, it's not like the most when you say Sean Brady against Jamai, it's not the most exciting. Like there's a, there's other people I'd rather see. Like I want to see him against a top guy, like oh yeah, yeah, or like Vicente Luque or something. And then, but yeah, no, nah, Sean Brady. I'm telling you that, that those are not gonna, those are not going to happen. The only one that will happen is Usman will take it because he's the champ. He doesn't really have a choice. So he's got to yeah. fight these guys. But I think Hamza is one fight away from fighting for the belt. That's not like my opinion. I think that Hamza Shamayev will have one more fight, win it, win it easily, and then fight for the belt because it's clear that the top guys don't want to fight him, and he's yeah. he's on this role. So Dana will throw him in there with with hype, like Dana done. Dana doesn't care if people think that he, he shouldn't be in there; like he'll do it. No. So yeah. I'm. No, I reckon it. it's justifiable. I'd say Hamzat's eleventh now. Beats one more guy, so he's not going to fight Mah- Dalal Muhammad. I can't see him fighting Kiesa. Maybe Sean Brady. Probably not Neil Magny. And then other than that, you've got Masvidal, Wonderboy, Luke Edwards, Burns, Covington, and the champ. So yeah, I think that's. That's a fair statement. One more fight and he could get a title shot because I can see him just doing it in the same sort of fashion, to be honest. Depending on who's against, don't chuck him against Wonderboy, please. Yeah, you said that last week as well. (laughs) I know you're listening, Dana. Just don't do it to me. Can we not just... Steven either. Can we not just let Wonderboy go and (laughs) go to karate for a bit and just let Hamza burst through the division while Wonderboy does some karate and then like bring him back? (laughs) Yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd be happy. I just want to see Wonderboy fight me. He's a fucking 
beast, mate. Well, but we agree, protect Wonder, protect Wonder Boy at all costs. Yeah, yeah, he's too nice, mate. He's too nice a guy. We don't want to. See, we don't want to see fucking. We saw what Burns did to him. We don't want to see what fucking Shemaev will do to him. <laughs> Other fights that we missed: uh, Ketlin Vieira beat Mitra Tate. That was a fairly impressive win. The one that impressed me was Talia Santos beating Joanne Calderwood um, in convincing fashion. Uh, round one submission. Submitted. Uh, how, how did she submit her? Do you know? Um, not too sure. No, I don't say it. it really yeah, it, nevertheless, for first round submission, you know, 10 seconds to go. You, you got to love it. 19 to 1. She's a beast, mate. She's a real beast. What else, um, uh, what else have we missed? Nah, we've we've only that. missed we've only yeah, we've only missed one we only missed one card, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, we had a we had a bye week, missed one card, had the bye. I think after now, after uh, the Holloway yeah, yeah card, we needed a break. We take took a bad hit. <laughs> yeah, no. no, but it was a good run up until then. We did we had some we had Costa Vittori and then the week after it was um UFC two sixty seven with Lahovic and Tashira. Then we had 268 with Usman and Colby. That, that, oh my god, what a fucking night, mate. <laughs> what a what a violent night that was. That's what we want. That's why we tune in. And then Holloway oh, Rodriguez god. turned up. Yeah, and then we had a we had a bit of a break. And now we're back with Rob Font and Jose Aldo. So let's crack on. Should we should we break the news of last week's spreadsheet first? Because yeah, let's do that first. Yeah, let's do it. We'll run through it and we'll take a quick break and we'll That's come back and, and preview this week's cards because um, it's going to be a fun, another yeah. fun night. In fact, it's a late one though. This one for us UK viewers, you're going to be you staying up, you're getting up, are you watching in the morning? What's your? Uh, I don't know. I don't tend to do the uh, the have a little nap and then and then wake up for it. Uh, but it's not it's not the biggest card ever. Like I don't think I'll stay up for this to be honest. It's a big commitment. To be fair, I'm going out though, so I might be, might be up anyway. So we'll see, we'll see. Definitely watch it the day after, if not. What about you? Um, I've got our friend Alex, um, coming up for the weekend, so we could be out. So, oh, nice. um, again, we could hit it at the right time, but other than that, we'll probably watch it um Sunday morning. If not, it'd be difficult to sleep with uh, this hundred and eleven to one acker that I've got coming up later in the show. <laughs> But um, I'll try. I'll try my best. If, if, if when I'm going to sleep, the act is still alive, I'll be. Uh, I'll be staying up for sure and see. Yeah, it he's not sleeping now, mate. Um, so yeah, um, the Halloween year card. I'll start with me because um, this was my worst week uh, so far. I'm afraid. I don't think there were bad bets. Um, to be honest, started with this was a bad bet. To be honest, Cynthia Calvillo by decision. That was a bad bet. Um, yeah, it is. It is what it is. Song Yu Dong by K, um, by decision, um, and that lost because he got a good knockout, um, which was good for Song because it was it was impressive knockout as well. Wasn't it? it was good, yeah, good, good for me as well. Yeah, it was good for you because you had the the KO. I think at uh, nine to two, nine yeah, nine to two. Um, very sad on the board. I had that loser uh, on song as well. Uh, I had Spencer, Catherine Spencer's had the distance at, uh, what's that, 11 to 8. Um, so that was a winner, and she just got it done, didn't she, right at the end? Just about 30 seconds left. If that, maybe, not even that. But, yeah, it was uh, that's what you love to see, in it? 
Edgy well, I thought I thought that was I thought that was the turning point of my night because it was all losers up until that. Um, the acker was dead on the on the second punt. What did we have? A, I think it was a six fold, twenty to one. Um, that was dead after the second fight. Um, Song had got a win and it just wasn't really going my way. So I thought that was the turning point, but it turns out that was a bit of false optimism because um, then Ben Rothwell lost. It got knocked out in the first round. Um, we had him to win by submission. Yeah, uh, I think we all had what Rothwell involved in Iraq is somewhere. Again, not bad bets, but it's what it is. So that lost, uh, the 20 to 1 Acker lost, as I said. Uh, I also had Holloway round four at 11s. All three of us had that, didn't we? Um, and that Indeed, lost, yeah. um, which I kind of had covered with the Holloway decision um, even. So that left me uh, with negative 32.5 units for the night. Um, so, yeah, as I say, my worst performance so far. And it takes my profit back to plus 186 units, uh, 186.4 units so far, um, which is not bad. Not bad. Obviously, we took a hit this week, but... You win some and you lose some. You keep putting the good bets on. You'll win some, you lose some. Yeah, it's all profit that you play with, though. So it's one of them, isn't it? Exactly. Nah, and we get another chance this week. That's what it's all about. We've touched on a couple of yours already. Yeah, you had Alvarez by submission. Uh, that lost. Yeah, he got eight. a knockout, I believe, for the decision. Mm. Um, he got, got the win either way, but yeah, you get a decision. I think. So, I think yeah, it was a decision, but. Uh, speaking of decisions, you had Holloway in round three, four, or five, and then on a separate bet, you had Max round four, as we, met, as we mentioned. Good bets again. Uh, you had that bit of that moment in round four, didn't you? Where you, the ref could have stepped in. Like, I reckon mm. it was one of them where if that was like fourth, fourth card from the top, fourth fight from the top, at that point, yeah. the ref steps in because he's like, All right, this is done. But in the main yeah. event, in the main event, yeah, he's like, No, nah, no, nah, all right. Like, we'll, we'll yeah, let us go a bit. Um, but yeah, to be fair, Yaya, as we mentioned, Yaya had a really strong round five in the end, so potentially the right decision. Your big yeah. winner for the night was um, Song Dong by KO, wasn't it? Nine to nine to two, nine to two. Yeah, he got me on the board. It's the only one that um, that did us any good. Well, it uh, did you enough yeah, to bring you into profit it. in the night, didn't it? Plus five units for the night for you, mate. Woohoo! And if five, I watch out. If I'm not wrong, and I don't think I am, because I have got the spreadsheet in front of me, I think that's your third profitable week in a row, Ross. Sounds about right. Can't uh, can't really blame me, can you? So, no, congratulations. Good for you. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Um, and, yeah, obviously we mentioned Hardy missed weight this week, um, and he also had a complete miss um, on that card. No winners for him. Um I'm afraid. Um, so yeah, he was minus 20 units for the night and that took him back from plus 33 to plus 13 units. So we're all still in profit. We're all still green. Um, and it was a we, tough night betting-wise, but go on. Yeah, it was... Um, there were some good fights and again, I don't think any of those... We didn't really put any bad bets on that card. I don't think there was any, any wild ones. No, but, still um, some well-educated bets there like then max bets even my Yoel Alvarez submission eight to one after getting like 16 submission victories I think that was quite well educated but so then we've got a similar one this week um which yeah I think it took could be a tough card I think this week I think 
there's a few because I've picked out a few outsiders that I'm like, uh, okay, I think they they've got a chance. So I think there's going to be a few surprises throughout the card. So um, we'll see how that goes. We're going to take a short break before we do that. But yeah, please join us after this break. And we are back with the uncrowned champion of UK MMA betting podcasts. It's Octagon Odds. Ross and I are back. Uh, the duo this week. Triage is no longer here. Not, George is not with us. But we're previewing UFC Vegas 44. It is Rob Font against Jose Aldo in the main event, which good matchup, isn't it? It's a great matchup, mate. Great matchup. Just before we head on to this, I'm just, uh, just in a tweet. Um, it's it's not contract signed yet, but Jan Blahovic against Alexander Rakic is uh, yeah, in the I did, March. Yeah, I did see this rumour yesterday. Um, It'll be good, good see, That'll be a very good fight. Good to see Jan back in there quickly as well, because it, I think we were all in agreement that he was disappointing in losing, when he lost the belt to Glover. Like, his performance yeah. was disappointing. I think it was just that first round. I mean, it just set, Glover just set the tone, and he just made just made Jan a bit scared of the takedown, and just just the threat of the takedown, and it just it just couldn't let. Do you know what I mean? He just got control for the whole round, yeah. first round of, of a title fight, and it just sets the tone, really, doesn't it? And Glover, that's perfectly executed by Glover. Uh, but yeah, Alexander is a great match for him. He's a phenomenal fighter in himself. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a very good fight, to be fair. Uh, yeah, and you think at some point. it's still like kind of a number one contenders fight to you? Like the winner goes back in with Glover. Mm, possibly. Let's have a look. So, oh, you got Yuri. Um, uh, yeah, but I, yeah, I suspect Yuri will be next um, to fight Glover because obviously yeah, he was a backup fighter, fight, yeah. wasn't he? For the he was a backup fighter for that one at two sixty seven. Yeah, and then yeah, I think the winner of this one's probably next. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Seems like a number one contender fight. Yeah, well put. Uh, can't think of anyone else. So other than that, you've got Anthony Smith, but nah, Tiago Santos. And Kalev, he's, he's working his way up. Yeah, he's working uh, his way up, isn't he? It's dangerous. But still, still he's, not, he's not quite there yet. So yeah, I reckon this could be a, a number one contender fight. I mean, uh, one last thing before we move on to this week's card is I want to apologise to Felicia Spencer for referring to her as Catherine Spencer, who is a former women's uh, England women's rugby player, not the UFC fighter that had me out of my chair in celebration for a win a few weeks ago. So yeah, apologies <laughs> to Felicia for that one. Um, a slip of the tongue. Um, anyway, Rob Font, Jose Alge, we'll start at the top, we'll start at the top. Bantamweights. The top. Um, we've mentioned it's, we've mentioned Bantamweight over and over again the last few weeks, haven't we? The amount of interesting... So stacked, mate. Yeah. So stacked nowadays. Put some respect on Bantamweight's name, please. Yeah, it never it never used to be like that. It used to no. be like TJ and Cody Garbrandt, Cruz, but he'd gone. Who else was there at that point? Like when before TJ got popped, that was that was pretty much it, really. But now where are we at? Chad, now, Chad, Ma- Chad Mendes. Yeah, that's the extent, really, isn't it? It's sort of like how flyweight is now. Do you know what I mean, no, in fact, yeah. flyweight. Flyweight. Flyer's um, doing a good run. I can watch him, Figgy and yeah, Moreno, yeah. just do it over and over again, really, couldn't we? Definitely. That's what I mean. It's sort of like them two, like TJ Garbrandt, isn't it? But, yeah, it'll blow up. But, nah, to be fair, you got Kaikos France. 
Um, uh, Danny is a fly? No, no, he's not. No, he's feather. He's Kaikar France. Right. Garbrandt. Uh, he's fighting yeah, Garbrandt. Yeah. Garbrandt yeah. gone down. Uh, yeah, he's gone down after. Um, oh after yeah. Down he goes. Down he goes. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. Rob Font and Aldo. How do we see this one going? Go on, it's going to be interesting. Open. It's going to be interesting. I think this one because I think it's going to be it's going to be a stand and banger. I don't think there's going to be yeah, much agreed. wrestling. Um, and even like a lot of people mentioned like Aldo's kicks, but hasn't thrown as many lately. Um, and like the tweaks he's made in his boxing over the last few years, like you know what you're going to get with Jose Aldo, you're going to get very technical striking, um, both offensively um, and defensively. Um, I think some of his blocking is some of the best in the world, um, and it's an underappreciated, yeah, some of his underappreciated art in combat sports is the art of a good block because a lot of them happen too fast for you to even see in real time. Um, and depending on what camera and what angle you're looking at from what, if you're watching at home. Um, but what, like Aldo is one of the best um, out there. There's a bit of talk out there about this being Aldo's, potentially Aldo, if it's a if it's lost, potentially Aldo's last fight in the UFC. Do you think that's a bit premature? Yeah, he's, he's only 35. Font's 34. Like, there's only one there's year, only between, one year between them. That's would, what I was going to say. Like, would you, say, you wouldn't say that about Rob Font, would you? Well, like, it's only because Aldo's been around for so long. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the only reason why. I, like, I, I, I think a couple of years ago when I first realised how old Aldo was, it was like a couple. He was like thirty-two, and I was like, he's all, I thought he was like thirty-eight or something. Just he's been around for yeah. so long, and he's been at the well, top for all, the whole time. By the time Rob Font made his professional debut in two thousand and eleven, Aldo was already the featherweight champ and had already defended the belt. Yeah. And he would defend it for a second time, like a month after Font's first fight. So, like you said, he's got a lot more experience. There might be similar ages, but in terms of fight, the amount yeah. of fights, Aldo sort of way ahead of him. In fact, Aldo has fought in more title fights than Rob Font has UFC fights. Oh my god! Only <laughs> six. My... Only six yeah. fighters in history have had have been in more title fights than Jose Aldo. And this is a great chance for him to put himself back into another one. Definitely, mate. Like, against, he fought Piotr Jan not long ago and he did very well. He did, like, maybe the, no, nah, I'd say, I'd say Sandegas has done the best against Jan. But Aldo, mm. Aldo did, Aldo did class against Jan. Um, and then Early, he, did, him, yeah. um, he got worn down late on. Yeah, he did, he did. Uh, he's just beaten Marlon Vera, like, quite easily as well. Um, it was, it was good for Vera to look how he looked against Aldo, but Aldo still squished him quite easily, I'd say. Uh, but yeah, the, the the big the big point with Aldo, I always bring it up whenever he's fighting, is his leg kicks. Back in the day, that is, it's not why he was so good, but it was a very big contributing factor as to why, like, to his success. Um, and I think he, he just, he threw so many and his, his legs are just injured now. And that's when he started doing class against Jan because he was he was using them leg kicks and he, they were working. But I reckon it hurts him every time he throws them because he's thrown so many. Uh, like that's why that must be why I don't anymore because that was that was he was known for that. Do you know what I mean? For his leg kicks. He still is like I think he, I saw I think I saw that he threw he threw eleven he threw eleven total kicks in his last three fights. 
So he's really dropped that yeah. volume down massively. Yeah, it must must have just taken a, a toll on his on his own legs. Like that that amount of even though you're the one, it's still an impact and it's still gonna take its toll. Um yeah, once again, you said about experience and actual octagon time. He's had 37 professional fights, whereas Rob Font's had 17. So that you know that says it all. Your point was great before about him being champ. Well, um, what Rob Rob Font's first fight was same as December, Aldo's, yeah, well, December two thousand eleven, yeah. and Aldo was already champ by then, and he'd already defended the belt. Um, yeah, and there's only one year between, and it's mad. So you know, it shows it shows Aldo's knowledge and his experience, and just how he just knows how to like present himself in the octagon. Do you know what I mean, big just fight experience as well. Like this is a big spot, yeah, yeah definitely. And this is probably the biggest spot of Rob Font's career so far, whereas it's not even in the top 10 for Jose Aldo in terms of the biggest spots of his career. No, nah, no. Nah. And that will that can be a factor. Like It's different, I guess, because it's at the apex. There's not going to be a big crowd there, um, but it's main event. It's pressure fight, chance to put yourself in conversations for a chance to fight for the belt. And... It, yeah, it'll be a factor for it that'll help Aldo is just that experience of of, of big yeah. fights, won't it? I've actually just realised Rob Font's actually ranked higher than him. He's fourth yeah, yeah. and Aldo's fifth. I didn't uh, I hadn't looked too fair, but I just I didn't think Rob Font was that high to be fair. Well, um obviously Aldo's only had a few fights since he moved down, really, hasn't he? Whereas Font's been at Bantam the whole true, time. True, he moved down, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, um so yeah, that's probably why. But obviously, then he lost to Jan uh, in the title in the vacant title fight, and then kind of got himself rolling with the wins against Ferrer and Pedro Munoz. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, I definitely think the talk about it potentially being Aldo's last fight are premature because he's still a good, a good. He's marketable still for the UFC. Like still, yeah, I would the top. I won't say that. I won't say that. Um, I think there's still a lot of potential for Aldo. Maybe not to, I don't know if I can see him being champ, but there's still a lot of great fights out there for him. Great fights. Um, Let's talk about Rob Font yeah, as well for a bit, yeah. because I'm conscious that Aldo is the maybe the more household name, but Rob yeah, Font yeah. is a dog, mate. And I'm yeah. telling you, Rob Font's jab is up there with the best in MMA. Yeah, mate, his striking is very nice, very clean. He trains with Calvin Cater, and you can feel like just watching Rob Font, you can see parts of Cater's like movement and maybe a bit of Cater's jab. Um, I think Rob Font has got uh, just mentioned his movement, but his timing is so good, yeah. very good timing. Counters are really good. Um, he's really calm and collective in there. And uh, yeah, so said, long and rangy, isn't it? So long yeah, compared yeah. to other bantamweights, like that jab, he just he's, he if he can keep the keep you at range. And what he did um, really well uh, against Garbrandt was just use that jab to force him back against the octagon, force him into corners, and just waited for the chance to land the big right. And he just mm. picked at Cody. Like he started a bit slow, took him three minutes maybe to get into it to make some reads. Um, but once he'd made those reads, like he just picked Cody apart then for the rest of the fight. Yeah. I, I do think he's the more technically the better striker than Aldo, I think, at this stage in their careers. Uh, I think they are very closely matched. Um, but the thing, of, the thing for yeah, Aldo on his striking is he's made a lot of changes to his boxing in recent years. 
Uh, I think he's been working yeah, at the yeah. Brazilian. He's been working at the Brazilian Institute for Boxing, and he's become a lot more flat-footed, like a boxer. Um, and whilst that might help him in the sense that if he can get inside Font's jab and close the distance and work from the inside and land those body shots that Aldo is really good at, it could work for his favour. But I just worry it might make him a bit static um, against Font's jab. We know how good Font's striking is and whether Font can just use the fact that Aldo is a bit slower than he was and he doesn't quite move the same as he did and just back him up and back him up and pick him away at range. And if Aldo wants to try and step into that range, then he can try and land a big shot. But I don't see, like, are we, not, are we going to see many level changes, you think, from Aldo? Because I don't think we will. I don't know. I don't think we will, but Aldo's got it in his locker to do so. We, we don't really see much of it, but he's got some great jiu-jitsu. He's got some good ground game, but he, he's a striker at heart, and that's what he loves to do, and that's what he does. But if it's there, like he knows that he's got it, I wouldn't class Rob Font's ground game as the highest. Like, I mean, it's good. You know, he can, he can handle himself, but I would say Aldo's got advantage on the ground, but it's whether we're going to see it because yeah. we don't really see Aldo shooting, do you? No, it's not really, especially um, more recent years. Um, to speak to your point about Font's ground or ground game, it's a takedown defence. Um, statistically, he's been taken down 11 times in his last three fights, but he has won all of those fights. So a lot of them were kind of scramble situations and things like that, but make of that what you will. Like if those were scoring takedowns, yeah. then it still matters towards the kind of the course of the, the result of the fight, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um so, and Aldo's yeah, lost. He's lost five. Him. He's lost five in his last ten UFC appearances as well. Jose Aldo. True, but look at there against once against Marias that a lot of people yeah. believe Aldo won. Even Dana like even gave him the winners' fight after that, didn't he? Two against um, Max. Yeah, two against Max. Uh, yeah, one against Connor Vol- Volkanovski. <laughs> Do you know what and, I mean? And, like, and yeah. Best. He's losing to. You're not counting Marias, he's losing to McGregor, Holloway, Volkanovski, <laughs> and Piotr Jan. All been champs. All of them been champs. Um, some of them still two uh, no, one of them still is a champ. Um, you know, and the you look at his hit list, he's got Pedro Munoz, Marlon Vera, Jeremy Stewart. It goes on and on his list, like it's gone back for years and years. But do we really need to cover it? Um, but what bringing back to what you said before about his he's a bit more flat footed. He's sort of like embraced that he's he's not really going down the leg kick sort of route. So as you say, he's evolved his boxing, which leads to being more flat footed. Um, so yeah, that it both go hand in hand really. Um, Aldo, he's not had a KO victory since nineteen. Um, Rob Font's never been KO'd in the UFC. Um, so. I don't think we're going to see Rob Font get knocked out. I don't think we're going to see Aldo get knocked out either. Um, but it's going to be a fucking banger, mate. Definitely. It's yeah, going to be a really good stand-up fight. It's going to be really good. Yeah, it should be high-level striking, um, both offensively yeah. and defensively, like you said. Um, the question is, really, is it is it going to go the distance? Because I think I think Rob Font, I'll be straight up, I think Rob Font's going to win this fight. Yeah, fair. I've, I've I respect Jose. Yeah. Oh, really? I respect what Aldo can do. Um, don't get me wrong, but I just think at this this current version of Jose Aldo, I think suits Rob Font's style quite well. 
Um, because yeah, he, like I said, he isn't gonna he isn't gonna shoot from any takedowns. It is gonna be a stander. Um, and yeah, like you said, the question does it go the distance? What font's been the distance in four of his last five? Um, Aldo's been the distance in four of his last five. So we'll look. I I think we're looking towards a decision win. I, I also think you could look at maybe a late font. KO, TKO, kind of in a similar situation to like Max Yair, where maybe like round four or round five, you get a stoppage maybe. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Like you said, they both got good chins. Um, neither, obviously, I was going to say neither of them are renowned for going to sleep, but I'd probably say of all the fighters in the UFC, Jose Aldo's probably the most famous for going to sleep. Even though he only yeah. went to sleep that one time. That is the most famous, <laughs> yeah. one of the most famous knockouts in the FC history. Yeah, two riders. And I've always said, I, I would love to see how that fight actually goes down. Like, obviously, every like you can't take away from McGregor, but I'd love to see how that matchup went down. Because um, that, that's what all the hype was about, isn't it? Two of yeah. the best strikers in the world, like, going at it. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so I, I've gone with, with Aldo. I think... It's going to go the distance, and I think Aldo has got some great body work. And where if you if you commit to your body work, so it made his body hooks and like body uppercuts are some of the best, like the some of the best that I've ever seen, yeah. without a doubt. And if he can work that body, and it when take it into later rounds, that's when that's when your gas tank gets tested, especially when you're getting hit in the stomach, and he does it just as good as anyone. Like honestly, it'd be absolutely ripped. That's yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, yeah, what we've done is we've picked the exact same point of the fight and we've just gone either side of the fence because the key in this fight for me is whether Font can stop Aldo from getting inside and into the pocket and 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 closing the distance. Because if Font can do what he did to Garbrandt and just keep him at range with the jab and pick shots and he's so rangy that Aldo won't be able to deal with the range, I don't think. But it, like you say, if Aldo is able to get inside and land those body shots, then it's a completely different fight. Um, but I, I've, like I say, I've gone the other side of the fence and I've gone Rob Font for decision um, at 15 to 8. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, well, I, I've got Aldo decision at 5 to 2. So, yeah, what, one, of, one of us is right. Maybe not. Well, well, unless it's a KO, yeah. The outcome, yeah. But the, the actual winner, at least one of us will be right. I can't say it was uh, an easy I, one I see to pick. No, yeah. no, it's really not. I could see both winning in their own way. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got Aldo on that one. Uh, okay, fair enough. So that's the, the main event. Um, the people's main event in this one is lightweight bout Brad Riddell and Rafael Fiziev. Um, now, there's a bit of a backstory here. Like these two used to train to like spar together um, in Thailand like five like five six years ago. I think they still oh, get on. They, yeah, they still get on reasonably well. Um, yeah. Like I think Riddell said that he when he found out that it was they wanted him to fight Fiziev. Like they sort of knew that they'd have to fight each other at some point, but they were hoping it would kind of be when both of them were a bit further up the rankings. Um, and they asked like you know can we do it later? And they said no. Nah, like this is what we want to do. Um, so he sort of called him and called Raphael and spoke to him about it. And yeah, yeah, they're I wouldn't say friends, but they have a lot of mutual respect for each other. And yeah, 
I know it was five years ago, but they at least know the basics of each other's game and they know a little bit about one another and whether yeah, that'll come into play. Yeah. I know it's been fine. Yeah, fight has changed yeah. a lot in five years, I appreciate, but mentally it could be a little even bit. Yeah, even still, yeah, especially mentally, because like one of them, well, no, they probably both had the edge in certain aspects of their training. So regardless if it was five, 10, 15 years ago, that's still happened. And it's st- yeah. They still know, like, even if they push it back and don't think about it, they still know that whatever happened, do you know what I mean? Like, um, Ziev has so, also been, I saw on his Instagram, he's been like, even right now, he's still working with Piotr Jan, like in the build-up to the fight um, and sparring with Piotr Jan. Um, like oh, full-on awesome. contact sparring with Piotr Jan. So that's not a bad way. Um to you know get a bit of, yeah. of practicing forehand, is it? Too right, mate. Absolutely. Um yeah, fucking sparring with the champ and he's one of the best boxers we've <laughs> we've seen. So yeah, any sort of training session with him is gonna gonna be very very beneficial to your game. It's uh it's an important one for both of them really though, isn't it? Regardless of, of the relationship, like business is business. Um they're both on a four fight win streak. Um so they're both looking to, you know, land another big victory. Pretend to where uh, Riddell's ranked 12, Fiziev ranked 14. It's good to see either of them break into the top 10 of the rankings. And if if you break into the top 10 of rankings at lightweight, like you're talking about big name fights, big, <laughs> big money away. fights in the top yeah. 10, because there isn't, you know, there isn't a stepping stone in, in the top 10 at lightweight. It's all big yeah. hitters, mate. Um, so these are two definitely to watch, aren't they? For sure, mate. As you said, once you break into that lightweight division, once you get into the top, any fight is a fucking tough fight, uh, regardless of who it is. Um, so a bit of an interesting one. Um, Riddell, I was looking at some of his actual fight stats, and for a lot of them, he's not had majority of, of control on the ground. And he also hasn't outstruck his opponents in these decision these decision wins that I'm on about. So that implies so if he's not had more ground control, he's not outstruck him, but he still won. But it sort of tells you that he must have like he must be doing big hits, like big damage on his on his strikes. And the judges are obviously seeing that. And he must have great octagon control, because that's another thing that they consider. Um and yeah, he manages to get these decision wins. Um, from what I've seen, they're pretty even on the ground. So it'd be, it'd be yeah. interesting to see how the ground goes, how the ground I think goes. Riddell's obviously a former kickboxer, isn't he? She's not exactly um, yeah. renowned for his, for being much of a grappler, but phys- neither is really his Fiziev. They both like yeah. to strike. Um, I suspect well, it's going to be fireworks. This one. This is why I call it the, pe- the, the people we call it the people's main event because it's going to be a good striking match. I think this one is it. It'll definitely be good, mate. Um, yeah, Riddell, his stand-up looks it looks good. He's a bit untested. Um, he looks fast, calculated. Um, as I say, he's untested, but for this level of a fight, it looks like his stand-up is good enough. Um, but we'll see, won't we? Because um, um, how do you say his name? Ziev. Uh, Fiziev. Raphael Fiziev. Fiziev. Yeah. Fiziev. Um, yeah, is is striking. I'd say he probably looks better, in my opinion. Uh, his head movement looks spot on. His timing looks really good. Mixes up his strikes really well. Very creative with his strikes. You know, you don't really know what's coming next. Um, his leg work is good. Um, he lands an extra significant strike, strike a minute than, um, than Riddell does. 
he also absorbs two more a minute. So it sort of uh, sort of bounces out. Um, I think it, it's a very good matchup. It's it's close. We've not really seen uh, Fizev's ground game the whole time. I was looking at his stats once again. Uh, his ground game, we've seen it for a minute and a half in all of his UFC career. We've seen a minute and a half, minute and a half of his ground game. So that, that tells me that he's very comfortable on the feet. That's where he wants to keep yeah. it. That, that's where we'll he plays much, his game. I don't think we'll see much of it here um, either. What do you make of, obviously, Riddell has the advantage of being um, a city kickboxer, uh, city kickboxing uh, team member. So he obviously gets to train with some of the best in the world. Yeah. He gets to train with Izzy and Volk and Dan Hooker and people Dan like Hooker, that. Yeah. Kai Kara France, the people that are coming out of city kickboxing at the minute. Yeah. Uh, some of the best around like how important do you think that is obviously we mentioned Fiziev's working with the likes of Piotr Jan and obviously all these top guys but just being around world champions like Izzy and Volk day in day out and just seeing how they operate it's got to rub off on you surely hasn't it yeah yeah it's going they're going to be giving you giving you tips and give, like, giving you their insight to it and as I, as I said I, I think um, Fiziev's Stand up is pretty good. As I said, I think it's better. Um, he be, he's beating Bobby Green, and the other day Bobby Green looked unreal against Ayer Quintner. He looked like Great. an absolute wrecking, wrecking ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolute killer. And yeah, and he, and Quintner's no joke still. And uh, yeah, Bobby Green demolished him. Um, and Fazier's beaten Bobby Green. Uh, the, the only win that Riddell's really got is Drew Dober, like that recognizable name. Personally, well, really unless you do the really unless you do the MMA math on this one, because I've kind of I, I do love a bit of MMA math. Guilty as charged yeah, on that one. Yeah, go on. Um, obviously, uh, <laughs> Fiziev's. Uh, I think it's his only career loss. I believe he's yeah ten. They're both ten one zero. Both got identical ten one zero records. By the way, yeah ten one zero. Um. Fiziev's only career loss was against Margomed Mastafayev. Um, and uh, Riddell beat him by split decision three fights ago. So, and how did, um, how did Fiziev lose to him? You know, uh, it was KO, KO, the stoppage. Yeah, yeah, it's always good to look into the, the maths, but it's the maths at the end of the day, like. He's a pressure fighter as well for Ziev, isn't he? Um, and Riddell has got a proper chin on him. And that's what you're saying about him uh, landing big shots, but also like not being like not outstriking his opponents to win. Like, I think that's a factor in it as well, is that he has got such a good chin and he doesn't show damage um quite like some other fighters and he just keeps walking forward like for Ziev, I think he yeah. he absorbs 5.7 six shots per per minute. Um, which is way higher than Riddell's. Um, and I just wonder if whether Riddell might land the bigger shots out of the two um, and whether that'll be a factor yeah. as the fight goes on. I've, I've, I've yeah. found it, I found it difficult to pick this one, to be honest. I haven't actually got a bet. Well, I've got one bet written down here, but there's question, I've got about 10 question marks after it because I'm just not sure. Yeah, it's a tough one, yeah. But, yeah, that was a good point about... Um, about Riddell out. So I, before I said about how he, he has less strikes and less ground control than his opponents, but he still wins. Sort of like the Gaethje effect, like the old Gaethje effect where he can just walk yeah. through the damage 
So the opponent's racking up more strikes, but he's taking the damage. They gas themselves out a bit, and then he just plummets them. And um, yeah, it works. It works very well. So yeah, it's another tough one to call. The bookies are find the bookies are finding it hard to call as well. Um, it's four to five um, for Ziev, the slight favourite, and then Riddell at what uh, evens. Um, so it's very close. Um, even in the bookies, I think according to odds checker. Um, it's 50-50 in terms of bet numbers um, so far. So I think it's gonna. It's a pretty good fight. Um, in my Acker, which I'll touch on later on, I've got Brad Riddell in there because um, I think he's the bigger... I believe he's the bigger guy out of the two. And like I say, I think he'll land the bigger shots. Um, like Fazia will try and pressure him, but as you said, absorbing kind of nearly six shots per minute. He obviously leaves himself susceptible to being struck when he comes in. And as I mentioned, yeah. um, Riddell's got, you know, he's a real tough, tough guy. So I think if, yeah, if I had to pick one, it's not a recommendation by any means, maybe go Riddell by decision. But like I say, I've got him in my acker. So I think I'm edging towards taking him on. There's a bit more value at evens than four to five. So I'll have a go. No, I suppose it's well, well calculated that, um, or just like evidence, he said he might not put it on, but yeah, it's good logic. I, I've, um, I've actually gone the other way, so that's two and two that we disagree on. Um, I think Fiziev uh, will yeah. take the decision win. Um, I just think, as I said, he's got, a, he's got a wide variety of strikes. He's got a big arsenal. I think it's going to play to his advantage that um, he's got good leg kicks, as I mentioned. I think if he can utilize them, slow, slow, um, slow Brad Riddell down, then it's all, it's all gonna it's all gonna uh, like build up on him. And they're decision machines. Yeah, like they, can, they're decision machines, at least, yeah, aren't they? Riddell is. Yes, yeah, so I think it's it's definitely decision. Yeah, but Riddell's been yeah, the I distance think, in uh, all four of his UFC fights. Fazeev's been the distance in three of his last five. Yeah, as I say, I think it would definitely be a decision win for one of them. But yeah, I think Fazeev, he's just going to mix it up and he's going to get more strikes away, even though I've just made a big point about how Riddell, it doesn't really matter that he gets outstruck. Um, but I think this time it will matter. I Are you going two to one for Fazeev by decision then? Um, no, I've just got him on my acker. Okay, so it's not, you know, pointless one. The bet that I did have written down was fight to go the distance. I've looked at the value and it's 10 to 23. So 10 units returns five. Uh, it's, it's one of them. If it comes in, I'll be sort of kicking myself that it was an easy five units. But I think I'm going to leave it just because it's not a great deal of value and ultimately it's risk, isn't it? So. Yeah. We've got enough bets. We'll leave that yeah. one. Um, and we'll go on to the next fight, which is Clay Gaida um, and Leonardo Santos. Obviously, two veterans of the game. Um, 39 years old, Gaida, um, 54 professional uh, professional fights, and he's fighting for the third mm. time this year as well. Yeah, mad, really. And Leonardo's 41. So we've got, as you say, we've got a veterans fight in our hands. Uh, yeah, Clay Gleader, has been around for time. Everyone knows that he's back, well, definitely back in the day, he, he brought the pain. You know, he, he turned up every time and he brought the chaos with him. Um, 
you can't really say that he doesn't do that anymore. You know, he still he still brings the heat. He still goes to war every time he's out there. Um, and yeah, thirty six to eighteen his record. So he's got uh, he's got seven KO wins, he's got thirteen submission wins, fifteen decision wins. So he can win in every style. Do you know what I mean? He's he's a pretty yeah. well rounded, balanced fighter, and he can take he can he can go wherever the fight goes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think he's obviously. So I was going to say, obviously, Gaid is his wrestling obviously still his strongest asset, really. But he's definitely matured with his striking over the years now. Like I think he sits down into his shots a lot more um, naturally than he ever did before. Um, and like you say, I think he is more well-rounded um, now than he has been before. And I think because um, obviously you, I think you're going to mention about Santos, and obviously Santos is forty-one. Um, out of the two of them, I think Santos has probably slowed down a bit more than Gaida, and I think especially towards the latter stages of his fights, kind of gone towards being one of those fighters that brings it hard for a round and maybe just blows too much out of the gas tank early on. So I don't know whether they think that'll be a factor as well. Hmm. Yeah, it's a very valid point, to be fair, mate. Um, just having a read of some of my notes here. Yeah, so... So one thing that stood out to me was that Santos is a fourth degree Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt. Now, like black belt on its own is punishing, but fourth degree, mate, Jesus. And when um, when you've been sub- submitted ten times in your career, fighting a fourth degree black belt doesn't really sound like a great slice of pie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, Guy has only been knocked out twice in 18 losses so that shows what Chinny has like we all know what Chin Clay has and his heart yeah. just to keep going and as I said he always goes to war he always brings the pain he's not doing as well as he as he used to when he was younger but that's that's a given really isn't it like no, that's just that obvious no one can no um, one can beat Father Time Ross no 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 one um, but still he's got so, his last win was what Michael Johnson yeah, which is fair, fair play. Like beating Michael Johnson at, at the age of, what was it, like last year or something? It was earlier this year, I believe. Again. Yeah, so 38, 39 yeah. it would have been. Johnson's like, jo- Johnson's a weird one on his day. He comes out and beats fucking Gaethje. Yeah, and then he's got, some bad, he's got some bad losses on his yeah. record as well, hasn't he? It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Who else has yeah. he beat this beast as well? Uh, I don't know, spot. he's beating some monsters though. You asked um, me to get have Michael uh, Michael Johnson's records in front of me, which I don't, but I can get it. <laughs> should do. I haven't quite like emblazoned it into my memory yet, but twenty is <laughs> twenty seventeen and zero. Um, which I think kind of tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? My Wi-Fi is really struggling though at this point. It's not loading. It's not loading very quickly. So let's let is let's it? move on a bit quicker than my yeah, Wi-Fi losses. Oh, <laughs> he's got Tiago yeah. lost. Tiago Moise. His last four losses were to Clay Gaida, Tiago Moises, Stevie Ray, and Josh Emmett, which is pretty bad form, really, isn't it? Yeah, but then he goes out and always beats Gaethje. <laughs> last win. Sorry. His last win was against Artem Lobov. <laughs> and obviously he's beat. Dustin yeah. Poirier, he's beat Dustin Poirier, beat Edson Barbosa, it, yeah. beat, Gleason, beat Gleason to bow, beat Tony Ferguson. <laughs> it is, but then he's, he's just like, 
But then lost to, lead, lost to, lost to Thiago Moises. Like, make it make sense. Man, I either be dog shit or be well, <laughs> yeah, like just, you know what I mean? Pick one. Stay in your lane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, fucking oh, well, no, well, but yeah, from Michael some, Johnson. Some, back to someone yeah, who's yeah, some, of the stats, some of the stats for this one. Some of the stats for this one. So um so looking at um plays takedown defense, sixty-eight percent takedown defense, which is pretty nice really in that in that amount of fights. Not sure not about about that, then, um, to be honest. What? Um, about that being, it's not up there with the the best. Like Santos's takedown defense is eighty nine point five percent, which is still the amongst the best in the division, and he's only been taken down four times in his UFC career. Like, yeah, but that's be- that's because would you go up to a fourth degree black belt? And try and take him down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because no, it's, ma- it's all him, no, it? it's all a mind game, mate. If you take down, he's imagine that's been the last thing he expects, wouldn't it? Yeah, no, but that's why like he's got such high. No, not too fair. Uh, anyway, yeah. So Santos's takedown percentage is only twenty nine percent. So putting that against the sixty eight percent takedown defense, it, you wouldn't really think it bodes very well, but. If you look at some of Santos's like level changes in his his uh, his clinch game, and he's very fast, and he can he can take you back really quick, and his level changes come out of nowhere, and Clay is the type of guy, as we all know, to as I've said like probably too many times in this conversation, he brings the pain, he goes to war, and he he advances and he 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 lets out a lot of strikes at once, and he you know he moves forward as he's striking, and again someone that can level change that quick and take you back that fast. When Clay's in berserk mode, it might not be very good for him. That, but as you said, he's sort of calmed down a bit. He's more calculated now, um, but he is known to advance with the, that like berserker mode, crazy. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just watch yeah, him, I think if Gaida sometimes, can, I think if Gaida can get out of round one, it significantly improves his chance of winning the fight. I think. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. So, uh, survive that early onslaught from Santos, wear him down a bit, make him use the gas tank a little bit. Um, and Gaida can use his wrestling, doesn't have to take him down necessarily, but he can get he can engage the clinch, he can throw him against the cage, he can throw him around a bit, he can land some knees, he can land some shots from the inside, like just wear on him. All these things that we talk about that wear on the gas tank more and more. Um, and I think that's his route to victory in the fight to try and take it the distance, wear him down, tie him up. Um, you know, don't allow that maybe doesn't need to go to the ground, but yeah, like I said, I think Gaida would could use his wrestling, I think, just to just to get the job done. I think he's he's coming, he's lost, he's lost what six of his last 10 Gaida, I think. Um, but we're talking again about some really like high quality. Um, opponents like yeah and age is a big factor when you're getting up towards the 40 and you're fighting these these youthful guys that are unreal as they are but now they're like 15 years younger than you like every credit to, to the guy do you know what I mean but uh, yeah he's in throughout his career he's got some some great wins beating Michael Johnson like we said BJ Penn who's in his day was one of the best Petis RDA Nate Diaz Josh Thompson all of them killers so you know, yeah, we, we, we've all seen Clay around for time. 
And like the people he's the people he's good. lost to as well. He's lost to Brian Ortega, Charles Oliveira, Jim Miller, Bobby Green, uh, Tiago yeah. Tavares, um, going further down, Chad Mendes, Benson Henderson, like Diego Sanchez. Like he loses to good fighters. Like he's don't don't get me wrong. So um I, I just fancy him for some reason. I just fancy Clay. I think there's life in the old dog yet, and I'm looking forward to seeing his famous mm. belch during the middle of the fight, in between rounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's good at that, isn't he? So you've got Clay on this, have you? I, I'm i going to take a punt on Clay by decision because it's 11 to 4. I think it's a big price and I will take. I just fancy I'll take it on. Nearly the best part of 3 to 1, really, isn't it? So um, I fancy it. Nice. Take it on. Why? What about, what about you? What have you gone for in this one? Well, once again, we've disagreed, mate. I think we are both I think he, he's going to get a submission, I think. And at 7-2, to oh. two, I'll take that. Santos submission, 7-2. to two. Once again, bringing it back to the four, fourth degree black belt, when you've got odds like that, I did it with Joel uh, Alvarez going off his 16 submissions with an 8-1 to one submission win. I think you've got to take something like that. So 7-2, to two, Santos submission, I'll take that. And I've got him in my acker as well, so he best win. Well, I've also got Gaida in. I think I've got him in one of my hackers. Yeah, I've got him in the eleven, the hundred eleven to one that we'll mention later on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but so there's one fight that left that we're going to preview on the main card. That's um, Brendan Allen against Chris Curtis. Can we go the full five fights and have him picked completely opposing bets? Do you think? That's all. That's four, isn't it? We've got two more. But we've got, uh, um, Bar- got Barbara. That's what, uh, yeah, so you're right. We've got big Jimmy Crew as well and Jamal Hill. Forgot about that. Um, yeah, so we've got, got two more to get. We've got two, fair enough. Um, we starting with Brendan Allen or should we jump back to Crew and Jamal Hill? Let's go on, Brendan Allen. Yeah, let's go on. In. Um, he's a proper, he's a bit of a dog, I think, Brendan Allen. Um, obviously, both these guys yeah. are former contender series alumni who kind of took different paths, really. like Alan has like racked up five wins in six UFC appearances since then. Um, and Curtis is making his first fight since coming back into the UFC. Like he went away and, and fought in other organizations, like Icon to name um, one. And then he took um, the short notice fight, didn't he, against Phil Halls, uh, which was on one of the, I think it was 264 maybe. Um, earlier this year and ended up getting the KO win. It's kind of a really nice story in that sense. Um, so he's making his second appearance in, like, in the UFC since returning. Um, but they're both kind of coming into this one on a bit of a roll, aren't they? Well, yeah. Um, Chris Curtis, he's only got two fights in the UFC, but both knockouts. So it's like... Outside the UFC, outside the UFC, though, he's unbeaten. He's won his last six. Yeah, yeah, fair play. And what, where's he been fighting? Uh, a bit all over the place. He's fought at Icon. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a mixed bag. I think he was at PFL. Uh, I think he's fought a couple of times at PFL. Yeah, um, yeah, all over then, really. Yeah, it's a bit um, of a mixed bag. Which you could look at as a good thing, really. Um, but and none of them are the caliber of the UFC fighters at the end of the day, are they like UFC no. is the top dog? Like yeah, they've all, all every organization's got some got killers, but everyone knows that UFC's got the big dogs. And we've only two see, you can look at this from both sides. So he's got only had two fights in the UFC, but he's knocked them both out 
Yeah. Um, he's had 15 knockouts in his career, 11 decisions, and just the one submission win. Um, he's lost six decisions. So in total, he's had 17 decision fights. So that tells me that he's obviously he can go distance. He's got the gas tank for it. Um, and he's a stander, you know, he's a striker. Yeah. Um, there's 15 KOs. I think one of them in UFC was a nice head kick as well. Um, he's, you know, he's very powerful. He gives two more strikes out per minute than Alan does, but he also eats two more. So once again, like before, it evens out. Um, but them stats are only off his two UFC fights. So it's, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not, it's not very good to draw. Really. Yeah. Too much uh, to draw into it, it, isn't because, it? Because you're taking Brandon Allen's stats from however many he's had, like, I think six plus, I think, in the US. Oh, had, yeah, somewhere in the contender series. And then I think on the main UFC roster, he's five and six. Even still, like, even still, Chris Curtis is only, them stats are comparable to two fights, so. Allen's definitely fought the better more. class of guys, though, Annie, like we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Ponaheli Soriano, yeah. Carl Robertson, Sean Strickland, Kai Dorcas, his last four wins. Um, which yeah stacks up a bit better than Curtis really doesn't it? Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's have a look at Brand, uh, Brendan Allen. So he, he's fought the likes of um, where's beaten Kyle Dorcas, Kevin Holland. You know both yeah. good. Um, like Dorcas, good wrestler. I, I think Kevin Holland's pretty good, especially in this sort of region of the rankings. I think Kevin Holland's a good name to beat. Um. What's he got? Uh, he's got nine submission wins. He's got five KO wins uh, or TKO, which a lot of them come from his ground and pound, which eventually, if that if he didn't get stopped there, would probably lead to a submission or just controlling, which would lead to a decision. You know, he's got his black belt in jiu-jitsu. Um, he's got great level changes. His takedowns are class. Very good takedowns. Strong in the clinch. He strikes well in the clinch. And many of his striking exchanges... Followed up by a clinch, so yeah. I feel like he tries to he tries to close the close the distance and then get into where he's strong and where he knows he's got the upper hand. Which in this instance he has got a major uh, advantage in the grappling. I'd say he, I don't think he wants to be striking with Curtis. Um, no, I think especially early on he probably doesn't want to be striking with Curtis. Um, nah, to be fair to nah. Alan's striking, he's been working with um, Henry Hoof on his kickboxing. Um, and it is de- it is developing well, and he's tough as well, Alan. Like tough as old yeah, boots, proper tough, chin yeah. on him. Um, mm. So I think he'll start his chin will stand up pretty well. I think um, to Curtis. Yeah, um, it's just, you never know because Curtis has clearly got power, fifteen KOs, um, but then again, he's had a lot of fights, so. Um, yeah, as I said, I think the main the main factor is going to be Alan is going to try and close the distance, get into the clinch where he knows he's got the advantage. And as I said, his his strikes in the clinch and leading up to the clinch are just class. And he's I think Curtis is definitely outmatched there. Um, but as you said, Alan's also got some nice striking. Henry Hoof, you know, serious name there to be working with. Um, how do you see it going? It's um I think you made a really good point about Alan's ground and pound. And I think at some point he will get on top and land big shots um from the top. We mentioned um about 
obviously Al, uh, Curtis's power. I think a lot of his fights have been at 170 um, rather than at 185. So while he has that knockout power at 170, I wonder if it'll he'll be out. If that translates so well at 185 against. Don't always translate, does it? Yeah, against a guy Brendan Allen who's fought some proper 185ers um, already. Yeah. Um, against a guy who spent a lot of his career at 170. So I wonder whether, given as well what we've mentioned about Allen's chin, um, whether that'll help him. Um, as well, I just think I expect him at some point he's going to shoot the takedown, he's going to land the takedown, he's going to get on top and he's going to land some heavy stuff from the top. Whether that means that he gets the decision, it's not hard. Six to five at the minute, the decision, that's the way I'm leaning that inside, uh, sorry, inside the distance. Um, six to four for the decision. So the bookies are leaning more towards inside the distance than outside the distance. Um, which I think I am as well. So I'm going to take I'm going to take it. Brendan Allen inside the distance, uh, six to five. I'm going to take on this one. Nice, yeah. So I, I think Allen's going to take the dub. Um, I couldn't decide between a decision or a submission, but at, after this conversation, I think that he's, Allen's going to get hold of him, and Curtis isn't going to be able to hang on the ground. I don't think. Um, so it could be one of those ground and pound stoppages. It could be a submission. But take on inside, take on inside the distance for me, mate. Then it's six to five. You don't have to specify how it gets stopped, just that it gets stopped. Um, um so, yeah. Or yeah, you can yeah. have or you can have seven to four for submission, six to four for decision, or six to one for KOTKO. That's I think the interesting line here because the rest That's are not a lot of value. And if you're brave to go on the TKO at six to one, the rewards are obviously plentiful. And and as I said, he gets that done. Like he gets him to the ground, and then his ground and pound's pretty mean. And he's got what was it? Yeah, five KOs from ground and pound. Yeah. Oh no, maybe not five KOs. No, I've written five KOs, and quite a lot of them were from the ground and pound. So that six to one put me on. Well, well, I think I'm going to go with you. Actually, yeah. now I've convinced myself we're going to go Allen TKO KO. That's uh, the octagon odds better the week. It's the first one we've agreed on all night, so we're going for it six to one. <laughs> Allen TKO. Um. So yeah, we'll be looking out for that one. Uh, oh this shit! Is... I have already got that on. Sorry, no, I'll take that off for me. I've already got. I've got right. Is this Aldo decision and Brendan Allen? KO, TKO, or DQ at 23.5 to 1. Oh, okay. Nice bet. So, yeah. So, apart from the fact that, so from I, the fact that Jose Aldo is going to lose, um, that is a good bet. Yeah. Yeah. Not okay. Fair, well, I'm. No, to be fair, I also don't lose with that fight. Aldo, fun. that is such a fun. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, I don't so know whether good. to renege on my six to one now and go back to my inside the distance, which is a bit safer at six to five. I don't know. Six I don't know. There's not a lot of value in it at six to five. That's the thing. It's a bit of a you know what I say, mate. The winner takes a risk. Yeah, you do say that quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so fine. I'll take it. We'll keep it. I've got a decision for form earlier in the night. So we'll go the TKO six to one. Might might come in handy anyway. Um the next one, and I'm really looking forward to this fight. I can't believe I nearly missed it off the preview altogether. So thanks for reminding yeah. me. Yeah. Um it's Jimmy Crew <laughs> and Jamal Hill at light heavyweight. Indeed. Let me uh, find my notes on these. We haven't seen Crew um, since, and I'll remember this day probably for the rest of my life, um, since UFC 261. 
um, which was uh, it was Usman against Masvidal one. No, sorry, Usman against Masvidal two, and it was um, Rose versus Whaley Whaley one. And obviously, Jimmy Crute got this like weird leg injury where his left leg just completely stopped working, and he was kind of like dragging it round, like you know, like an injured dog carries around a broken limb, yeah. like dragging it along. It was so weird. And he tried to carry on at the end of round one. And the referee just asked him to like walk two steps and he just like fell down, didn't he? Um, and yeah, he was unable to continue. And then, so we had that weird injury where his knee was like wobbling all over the place. And then the very next fight, um, Chris Weidman snapped his leg in half against Uriah Hall. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah was, that's I why I remember this card because I, it was yeah. it was brutal. It was it was everything. You know what I mean? It was weird injuries, like horrible injuries, yeah. amazing knockouts, like great fights. I think Valentina um, was also defending. I can't remember who she's fighting off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I'll always remember that card just because of the weird injuries, probably as much as anything, and obviously the Usman knockout yeah. to finish it. Um, but that's the, this is the first time we've seen Crook. Um, since then, and obviously that was a loss against Anthony Smith, but you don't necessarily, you can't really read too much into that, because even when his leg was a bit knackered, he still took Smith down a couple of times, and like he, yeah. He was, that, yeah, that's yeah. Anthony Smith as well, yeah, yeah, like, like, he took him down he's a beast, mate, absolutely, yeah Admittedly, he kind of fell into a takedown once or twice, but he still had the power and technique to take Smith down with one leg Yeah, also the heart though just like, and just like to bite down on your mouthpiece, just accept that you've got a fucked up leg and you're still there to try and kill a man. Yeah, he um, wanted to come out for lost, round two. He wanted to come out for round two as well. Like he didn't even yeah. just stop at the bet. Like he wanted to come out and carry on. Like these guys yeah, are different mad, breeds, um, mate. And now, nah, mate, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Crew's got some um, some very good grappling, like really good grappling ground game. He's um, it's not the highest, but he's green belt in, in, in judo. And he's got his Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. So, you know, he's 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 formidable on the ground in the clinch. What are you going to say then? He's only 25 years old. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's, that, that, he's one of the... I'd love to see that. Love yeah, see that. he's one of the big prospects, really, I think, in the light heavyweight division at that age. Um, mm. And like you said, he's super dangerous on the ground. Three submission wins in the UFC, in, including a Kimura win over Paul Craig, which I think is very impressive because Craig is sick yeah. on the ground as well. Um, Definitely, And I think he's got a Kimura win. I think he's got a triangle win. Um, and yeah, I was going to say about... Go on. go on. No, go on. Because I want to know. No, I was just going to say he's like, he's had a lot more control on the ground than a lot of his opponents. You look at some of the stats of his fights, like he, he controls his opponent a lot more than they control him. Like, considerable amount. Well, there's a couple of points um, also you know, on, on, on Jamal Hill and the fact that obviously we mentioned that Crute had this weird injury and we mentioned that he beat Paul Craig. Back to the MMA math again, obviously Jamal Hill's last fight was a loss to Paul Craig in which he got submitted. Well, he didn't get submitted. If you remember, he was in an arm bar and he, his elbow dislocated so he couldn't tap. Um, he couldn't tap oh, and Craig was hammering him from the bottom 
Um, and like he couldn't defend himself because his his like his left arm was just hanging limp. Oh my god! Um, so he couldn't even tap or anything. So even though it's technically a sub, kind of a submission, it went down as a KO TKO win. Which imagine if we were on that. Imagine if we'd we'd bet on oh, the submission and it, and it went down as a <laughs> KO TKO. Like, um, but Grim. weird because they're both technically now coming back from injuries as well. Like they're both it's a first fight both of them after True. after injuries. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how they come back in it. Definitely, yeah. I think um, something I picked up with um, with Jimmy Jimmy Crew, people of his opponents are very aware of his grappling credentials, and it, like rightly so, he should be pretty feared in the clinch and on the ground and shit like that. Um, so because people are aware of that, it allows him to get close and give these big shots out, and he's got five KO wins, which for someone with not many striking credentials, it's pretty good that. Mm. And it's sort of like the Glover Blahovich thing where he's like nervous of the takedown and knows that it's always there, it's always a threat. And um, Jimmy Crute has got that about him. People that people yeah. just don't have a choice but to worry about the threat of the takedown. Um, for Jamal Hill, though, he's I think his distance management, his range management is really yeah, good. Really you know, good. Keeps yeah. his range behind behind his jab, and his straight is class as well. He's got a mean one-two. He's a great counter striker, and his sprawl is really good. So when it does come to um, to Jimmy Crute trying to engage in the clinch, you know he's he's strong and he's got a really good sprawl. So even if you get hold of him, someone that's that strong can sometimes just break out. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but it's easier said than done against a, a black and a green belt. Um, yeah, because because crew is the more is the more well rounded martial mixed martial artist really isn't he? Like you said, I yeah, think agreed. Hill maybe has the advantage in the striking. Let's like say really good for range, good combinations, throws good combos. Um, yeah, very comfortable there. But crew averages five takedowns and two submissions per fight in the UFC. Um, and like I said, yeah. I can't the last. Your last fight is a loss, a kind of a submission-based loss to Paul Craig, and Jimmy Crute's got a submission win over, over Paul yeah. Craig. So, yeah, another stat to look at: um, Crute is uh, averaging eighty percent on his takedown attempts, and Jamal wow. Hill is averaging fifty-seven percent on his takedown defense. So, obviously, that doesn't bode well for for Hill. That's uh, the, that's the one. Really, so, you seen Jamal Hill's striking output? Seven point five strikes a minute. That's wow, high that. That's very high. Um, yeah. But but then again, Crew only absorbs two point seven. So, because he's like, just got hold of you though, and he? he's just he's yeah, got his arms around yeah, you. Yeah. That's the problem. Um, um, and then you look at Crew's strikes. He's landing four point two six per minute, and uh, Hill is absorbing three point six. So that's a bit closer. Yeah. Um, but man, Jamal Hill's output, 7.5 fucking strikes landed a minute. That's high, that. Yeah. Very high. Definitely, yeah. Um, so how do you actually see what, it going? So, how do you actually see the fight so, going down? Do you think Hill, because realistically, it's going to be very difficult for Hill to keep Crute at range, isn't it? Crute's the 8 to 15 favourite with the bookies. Hill 6 to 4, probably for that reason. Yeah, for, for a while, yeah, for, for points of it, he'll look like the better fighter, but over 15 minutes, I think Crew will be able to impose his will and probably take the decision win. Um, I think he'll be able to initiate the clinch, 
take him down. As I said, he's got some great takedowns, like just pick, picks him up and slams him. And um, yeah, I just don't know if Hill is going to be able to stand with him or grapple with him, not stand. <laughs> I think Hill's, Hill's, a, Hill's a better striker for sure, but like it, just by default, wrestling tends to beat striking. Yeah, from what I saw against Hill against Paul Craig, I don't think he's going to be able to stop Jimmy Crute taking him down at will. Um, To be honest, I don't think he's going to have any answer. I've gone for a Crute to win by submission at three to one. I like this bet because I think he's going to have essentially three attempts to get the submission done here because I think he'll probably take him down in every round. Yeah, I think he'll be able to control him for as long as he wants as well with like, like, not even the the, the jujitsu really, like more like the judo, just the control on the ground. Um, well, no, jujitsu of course, obviously, as well. But um, like when you've got when you've got these jujitsu, the judo practitioners, sorry, the the ground control is so good. Remember Ronda Rousey, like how good she was. Like it was again, yeah. like the, the takedowns, like Rousey was like unreal at judo, and she had some mad takedowns straight into them armbars. They literally jumped into the armbars, like yeah. That, that's what judo's good at. Um, that's what judo's about, down. really, isn't it? The throws, essentially. Yeah, get, getting them down, controlling them, keeping them there. And then, obviously, Prince. he's got his black belt in jiu-jitsu, and then that's and what the, his and the, He's heavy as well, isn't he? He's a heavy guy, yeah. Jimmy Crew. Yeah. He's like, so, um, I think fat, body mass-wise, he reminds me of Marvin Vittori. Do you know like, the way he's built? Like, yeah, like his stature. Yeah, like... Uh, yeah, um, I, I did put decision but yeah maybe submissions a better bet for Jimmy Crew because yeah as I said he's probably going to take him down and control him there as long as he wants and he's got that high output of submission attempts so what is it three to one three to one yeah I'm going to change it from a from a decision to a sub so okay. it's not so we've got anymore we've got it's another one on the sub another octagon odds better the week then is Jimmy Crew to win by submission we're in agreement finally yeah um, I like it yeah Finally, in agreement. Um, have you? You've in fact, you've already told me that you've got an Acker. Yeah. Shall we just run over both our bets? Let's, let's do them all. Do yeah, them. we'll go from. Should we go from the top? Go on. Um, yeah. Well, I don't think mine are in chronological order, so I'll just go. Okay. Fine. From the literal top. So, so my Acker goes. <laughs> now I know I backed Aldo, but Rob Fonts on my Acker, um, because I've got Aldo in some singular bets. And because I just don't really know, I'm, I like to, you know, I like the sound of Adam both. So I've got Rob Font on my Acker, uh, Raphael Fiziev, I've uh, forgotten how to say his name. Fiziev. <laughs> Fiziev, yeah. Um, Jimmy Crude, Leonardo Santos and Brandon Allen all on the Acker for 11.67 to 1. Uh, it's not, not bad for a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 fold. No, not, bad. not bad. So that's my Acker. Bet two is Leonardo Santos submission, seven to two. Bet three is Aldo decision at five to two. Bet four is Jimmy Crude submission, three to one, as we just discussed. Bet five is uh, Chris Curtis KO, nine to two. Even though I don't think he'll win. Um, I don't think... What did I put for that one? I don't think he'll win. <laughs> no, no, but it's just because he's he's got a lot of KOs. Two of them are in the UFC. One's a head kick, so if you can land a head kick on anyone, you can put anyone's lights out. So even though I don't think he'll win, there's always the chance that he could get a knockout at nine to two. It's on there. 
And then finally, um, as I said before, I've got Aldo Decision and Brandon Allen, uh, KO, TKO, DQ at 23.5 to 1. Okay, so you've, you've got it. quite a broad spread there this week, haven't you? Gone yeah, yeah, yeah. Got six bets on. I've spread them pretty far. Um, I think, yeah, feeling good about some. Feeling confident that you'll you'll still have your profit next week. Yeah, I am. Okay. Well, it honestly, I'll be honest with you, it stinks in my flat. This this acker <laughs> has been reeking out the place ever since I got home earlier. It's yeah, I think I'm going to put it on just because I, my, my point, I've not heard the Acker before you listeners hear this, uh, but if I was a listener, which I am as well, but if I was listening to this just as an audience, not as a participant, I would probably put this on just because of the odds and why not? <laughs> and my, strike rate, my strike rate's not yeah. been bad so far, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Um, if you'd have been following all my, all my tips, you'd, you'd have yourself... You know, if you'd bet £10 each time, you'd have yourself £185 worth of profit right now. So I'll talk to you about this is a, not this is not the one. This is my first acca. This is the more reasonable uh five-fold that I've gone for. I've gone for Rob Font, Jimmy Crew. Uh I've gone for Brendan Allen. Um, we talked about Bobby Barbarena as well, further down the card. I've gone for Alex Morono um, to beat Mickey Gull. That's on the uh, on the undercard um, as well. And then I've gone Brat. Uh, and then I've gone, oh, sorry, that's it. It's Font, Crew, Allen, Barbarena, Morono all to win is 7.5 um, to 1. A stinking eightfold. It's only an eightfold, by the way. It's not, it's not a 13, which we've played with in the past or anything silly like that. Um, it's... Rob Font, Jimmy Crew, Brendan Allen, Bobby Barberena, Alex Moroda. So the fivefold's still in there. And then we've gone with Clay Gaida, um, Brad Riddell, and Jeremiah Wells. Um, Jeremiah Wells is fighting Jake Matthews um, and is the underdog in that one. Um, but we're taking him on. We're taking on Alex Moroda against Mickey Gall. Um, and we mentioned about Clay earlier on. I've, taking clay on on a single play i don't know why but here we are that eightfold mate is 111 to one <laughs> hence why i'm taking it on lads and gals well i've got five out of the eight in my more reasonable accumulator so that's a 7.5 yeah. to one so five so there's only kind of three additional selections on that and we've gone from 7.5 to 111 to one so Obviously, it's an it's an outside chance that we'll be celebrating this yeah. hundred and ten to one next hundred and ten to one next week. But I think it's a pretty decent acker. Um, and yeah, yeah it's I'm not also, too far out, really. No, it's not that. It's not half far fetched. I was yeah. shocked when I priced it up and saw that it was it was triple figures to one. On. Yeah, I was it's I was looking at. Full, it? I was expecting fifty sixty, not twice that essentially. Mm. Um, other bets, um, I've got Rob Font by decision at 15 to 8. Um, I've got Clay Gaida by decision at 11 to 4, which I can't say I'm massively confident on, but I've gone for it. Jimmy Crute by submission at 3 to 1, and Brendan Allen to win by TKO um, KO at 6 to 1. Um, so that's me, yeah, six bets as well for the evening, mate. Nice. Well, yeah, another reason I'm putting your big one on is because if that comes in, 
then I'm done on the rankings. So I've got to keep up. Somehow. You've got a match. Oh, so, you, so you're tipping it as well. You, must, so, you want me to include this on the spreadsheet? Is that what you're telling me? Mine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on the no, spreadsheet. No, Mike, do you want this 111-1 down for you? Because if it doesn't come in, you'll lose 10 units. But if it does come in... Yeah, yeah, it's on there, yeah. You want it on? Okay, I'm just clarifying for the spreadsheet's sake. Because really, the re- if it does oh, yeah, come yeah. in, the real loser will be George Hardy. Because he'll never catches up again yeah never never um <laughs> that's what i think yeah. all we've got time for mate it's been enjoyable just uh me and you but hopefully we'll have we'll have george yeah, back right, as well next it? week I've, I've missed him a tiny bit i only mentioned him a couple of times but... yeah i suppose so yeah suppose. um what else have we got to do we've got to ask people to follow us on social media we'll be tweeting before the fights we'll put all our bets out we'll let you know how our bets got on um so yeah follow us on twitter facebook instagram octagon odds um if you're listening on apple or spotify or soundcloud or wherever you get your podcasts um please if you enjoyed the show leave us a review um let us know what your bets are for this weekend ask any questions you might have about the show or our bets or give us some abuse because yeah all interact lost. with us yeah, um, we look forward to, to reading some of those. And yeah, the last thing is just remind everyone to to please gamble responsibly. Um, betting is obviously a fun pastime. We've had a lot of, of fun so far since we started the pod. But yeah, don't um, bet more than you can afford to lose. Um, and when the fun stops, stop. Um, so yeah, that's all we've got time for, mate, this week. Um, yeah, it's been good, mate. It's been a pleasure. Going to be a big uh, one next said- week. As yeah, well. big one next week, huge one next week. So tune in for sure. George will be back with us, no doubt. Looking forward to that. Love you, George. See you next time. Love you, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening.